committees do is to carry out our mission on a local level, which is to educate Illinoisans about their right under the U.S. Constitution to pursue the formation of a new state. One of the other things our county committees do is they work to develop an organizational infrastructure for a new state government. And so each of our committees uh, elects people to be a part of this development. It's a legislature for um, the developing new state. And so one of the things we've been doing is writing a constitution for a new state, and, and that's what we work on. And this will be our second constitutional convention. And so what's been happening, Illinois has had four constitutions in 2008, or in 1818, 1848, 1870, and 1970. So what we did is started with the 1870 as a template, drew things from the other uh, constitutions and from constitutions in other states um, to to have something that we thought would be better for the new state. For instance, the 1970 Illinois Constitution has a pension protection clause in it, which everybody believes that, that uh, retirees on pensions should be treated fairly and not cheated out of anything. However, the way the state of Illinois has managed it it's caused us to have over $300 billion in debt. And so uh, that's the kind of thing that would be changed in the new Constitution. Uh, some of the things that we're adding to the Bill of Rights, which is the, the first um, part of most state constitutions, one of the things that we're adding is, is something about eminent domain. Uh, about 2005, there was a case in Connecticut uh, Kilo v. Uh, New London, where somebody had a nice little beach cottage and the government took it by eminent domain so that they could give it to a developer to build a shopping mall or something. And um, <clears throat> they thought it was okay to take the property because they'd benefit by increased tax revenue. And in the wake of uh, the Supreme Court saying that was okay, uh, 45 States either passed laws or amended their constitutions to protect people from this. Uh, Illinois has something in the Constitution now, but it's very anemic. And so right now what we have going on in Illinois is they've given power of eminent domain to uh, a company outside of Illinois to run power lines all the way across the state to send power out east so that people of Illinois won't benefit from it, but it's really dangerous for the government to give a private entity the power to condemn your property. And so uh, that's one thing that um, we took from uh, based on South Dakota, which had the strongest eminent domain protection. And so, and then um, we also have seen through the COVID situation, Illinois had a Health Care Right of Conscience Act, which was very strong. And about a year and a half after Governor Pritzker began all his mandates, they went and amended that law so that it would <clears throat> uh, cover what he had been doing, which was breaking that law. And so what we've done is taken that act as it was before and put it put in the in the Constitution a health care right of conscience. And so so that's the kind of things we'll be doing. We also will have um, some 
speakers there that we're really excited about. Ted Dabrowski, the president of Wirepoint, who's a financial expert, and he'll have uh, plenty to say about uh, government finance. And also, uh, Mark Allen Motzinger is a historian from Southern Illinois. He's the president of the Saline County Historical Society, and he's also on the uh, advisory board of the Illinois um, State Historical Society. And, and he's going to be talking to us, uh, telling the story of, of the development over the centuries of the divide between downstate Illinois and the Chicago area. So that's what we're doing. G.H. Merritt is with us. And again, these meetings are going to be November the 11th and 12th. That's a Friday evening and a Saturday morning. These events are going to be held at the Thelma Keller Convention Center in Effingham. Uh, G.H., give me the uh, new Illinois website, if you would. Sure. It's www.newillinoisstate.org. And how many people have engaged with your group? Do you have a way of knowing that an- the answer to that question? Well, I guess it depends on what you mean by engaged. We we have probably 16,000 followers on Facebook. Uh, we've got county committees in 30 counties. And, um, and then we've got a mailing list of a lot of people who just want to follow what we're doing. So... I think it's also important to work through the process because people always forget that it would take, under the current law, as I understand it, both a vote of the Illinois General Assembly, a sign-off of the Illinois governor, and a vote of Congress and a sign-off by the president for a state to essentially divide itself and create a new state. Is that right? Not quite. It does take the consent of the uh, <clears throat> of the Illinois State Legislature because it's a resolution. The governor doesn't sign it. He doesn't really have a voice in it. Nor do the Illinois courts. And then, yes, it will require the um, approval of the U.S. Congress. And um, after that is passed, there's what's called an enabling legislation, and the president would sign that. Now, <clears throat> realistically, will that happen uh, while Joe Biden is in office? No, it won't. And But the, the first hurdle I think people look at is how do you get a the Illinois General Assembly, which is dominated by Chicago, to go along with what you're doing? Well, um, we have uh, a resolution. Uh, we've uh, had uh, Representative Halbrook from Shelbyville has every... Uh, legislature, probably since 2018, has, has introduced, has filed uh, this resolution. Uh, when Governor or Speaker Madigan stepped down, they did change the rules in the House so that they couldn't just leave something in the Rules Committee forever and not having it get a committee hearing or a vote. And so things are moving forward. We have more and more legislators that um, are in support of what we're doing. That's one of the things our county committees do is lobby them. And also, we are going to be talking to the uh, legislators from the Chicago area as well, because we want to present this as a win-win situation. Uh, And it's not impossible either, because in 1981, 
an almost identical resolution passed through the General Assembly. Uh, it languished after that, but um, it, it's, it's simply a matter of uh, a major densely populated urban area has different needs, interests, culture, and economy than, than the mostly rural rest of the state. And so when they have such domination, 40% of the population, but they dominate state government, laws and policies go through that are not in the interest of the rest of us. And so, again, we want to present it as a win-win situation. Uh, they tend to believe that uh, <clears throat> downstate Illinois is a drain on them financially. If they believe that, they should be happy to see us go. <laughs> yes, there was a point in history in the 1920s, I believe, where mm -hmm. Chicago had uh, wanted to leave the rest of the state, sort of a role reversal, where the representatives mm -hmm. there said they wanted to create it on their own state out of uh, the Chicagoland area. The last state to be created out of another state, of course, was West Virginia, I believe, in 1862 right. or 1861. So uh, it's mm -hmm. been been quite a long time. But uh, in mm -hmm. any ca case, these meetings uh, Friday and Saturday, November the 11th and the 12th in Effingham. Miss uh, Merritt, anything else you want to mention about your uh, movement or about these meetings that we haven't covered? Um, the only thing that, that I would add is that, you know, we're following the constitutional process. We can lobby everybody. We can write our constitution. But ultimately, the key to success in this movement is the support of the people of Illinois. And, and we know, um, based on, there's another organization called Illinois Separation. And uh, in the last election in 2020, they had a resolution on, on the ballot of 25 different counties uh, asking them about this question. And in each case, that referendum is an advisory referendum. It won by a landslide. So what does that tell us? That tells us that an overwhelming majority of Illinoisans in those counties are, are very much in favor of the movement for a new state. Uh, they have the resolution on the ballot in uh, Hardin County, this go-around, Brown County, and a couple of townships in Madison County. And so, but that just, that provides us with really important information. But the key is connecting with people that, that want this so that, that it, it, will be, it will come to a tipping point where the state really will be forced to respond. Um, one of our county committee chairs, uh, was in Branson, Missouri some months back. And a lot of Illinoisans go there for their weekend getaways. And he said he talked to about 50 different people from Illinois about the movement uh, for a new state. And he said all 50 of them said that was a great idea, but only one of them had heard of New Illinois. So that's our challenge is to spread this message to the whole state so that uh, we can build that support and uh, succeed in this in reaching this goal. You can find out about these events on their website, newillinoisstate.org. It's newillinoisstate.org. Uh, New Illinois is a 501c3 nonprofit. And uh, I think it's also one other thing that comes into play here that I'm worth mentioning. Of course, if a state would be divided, then... Mm -hmm. Ultimately, 
New Illinois would likely elect two Republican or conservative U.S. senators. And so you would be adding uh, senators to uh, the Congress, and I'm not sure how it would affect the representation in uh, in the Congress, but those considerations also ultimately come into play as well as to whether or not people would support it or oppose it. Oh, well, correct. And and the thing that we've always looked at, and, and we interact a lot with a group called New California who helped us get started, and they uh, have been at this for a couple of years longer than us. But we both always believed that it would be handled the way it was back before the Civil War. There was a lot of um, polarization, to put it mildly. And when states would enter the Union, they'd enter in pairs. And so I think probably New Illinois could enter the union with Puerto Rico or, or some other um, place that, that might uh, lean to the left. I, I think that without Chicago and most of Cook County, uh, New Illinois would be a competitive state. I don't think it would be deep red, but it obviously would be a lot redder than Chicago. And uh, But I, I think that... Um, yeah, you'd have to you'd have to do it with states entering in pairs. I think uh, early in the Biden administration, they were talking about having uh, D.C. and Puerto Rico both enter the union at the same time, and I thought, well, they're not apparently interested in maintaining the balance of power, but um, we certainly would be. Well, we appreciate your time today. Uh, G.H. Merritt has been with us from the New Illinois Organization. G.H., thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it. Oh, thank you, too. We'll have a great day.